everybody. Hi, this is For the Girls Podcast. I'm Nick Westray. I'm Jason Black. Um, and this is just a podcast about queer people uh, who are fans of female performers in music, in comedy, on television, and in the cinema. Yes, this is uh, a celebration a celebration podcast. That's a genre. Celebration. Celebration. Um, Gosh, iTunes, add it. Celebration podcasts. Yeah, there's murder podcasts, and then there's uh, celebration podcasts. And we are, we, yeah, we're here to uh, uh, to give joy to things that give us joy and that have inspired us, specifically women performers. Uh, that's what we're using our voice and our power as cis white men to mm-hmm. do. Yeah, just talk about the ladies of it all. This is a podcast for chosen aunties. Uh, this is a podcast for when love kills men. Mm, this is a podcast for all you girls who just are constantly falling for the wrong guy. This is a podcast for sisters raising sisters. This is a podcast for lady lotion makers. I love that. <laughs> this is a podcast. This is a podcast uh, for one of my sisters, one of my roommates, uh, one of my beloved Trin Collins. Thank you, Witch, for sharing uh, what we're about ready to talk about. And this is for you, honey. Mm, hi, Trin. We love you. Uh, what are we talking about this week, Jason? Practical magic. That's right. Not hypothetical magic. Not frivolous magic, only the practical kind. It's a real kind. It's a useful kind. If you you don't know, Practical Magic is a 1998 film starring Sandra Bullock, Nicole Kidman, Diane Wiest, Stockard Channing, Evan Rachel Wood, and Margot Martindale. Yes, yes, yes. Directed by Joan Didion's um, nephew. That's right. Directed by Griffin Dunn. <laughs> Griffin oh, and Dunn. look at this. A black cat has just walked up my path to my leg. <gasps> I was watching this movie laying with my cat, just like a real witch, just like my <laughs> the real witch that I am. It was just like, we were just cuddling on the couch. Griffin Dunn snack, though. Snack, off the off the top snack. Yeah, we um, Griffin Dunn. Griffin Dunn. Yeah, Griffin Dunn directed this based on a book. It ruined his career. <laughs> Which is so weird. This movie is so great. Everyone loves it now. And at the time, it was considered not great. But I don't even remember that. Yeah. What, what is your memories of this? I mean, I this movie came out the fall that I started really officially dating boys. So I was really into the romance of it all. And I was really into Sandra Bullock at the time. I was a huge, huge fan of The Net. If you remember, I had an enormous The Net poster in my bedroom growing up. And Sandra Bullock was a huge inspiration to me. And I pretended even today, see, I have my weird Sandra Bullock glasses on when she likes to indicate that she's a nerd. And I'm wearing all black and I've got my black cat on my lap. (laughs) And I have a couple charms from from some of my sisters, one from you. And Ooh. this charm has the stone fell out, if you want to look at that. And yeah, then this charm is a little pine tree from my friend Lucy, whose full name is Lucy Pine Tree Owen, who's a little solstice sister of mine. I'm wearing an extra large white shirt that my friend made me that says Big Dog Mom, and it has the Big Dog logo on it. And under it, it says... <laughs> 
She who must be obeyed. So that's right, bitch. Big that's right, mama. bitch. That's my witchy. <laughs> that's my frump witch, bitch. I actually love the, the uh, she who must be obeyed. You'd see it a lot in Roseanne. I have another she who must be obeyed shirt, but this one's my big dog mom shirt. So mm, Roseanne, I got a spell. Roseanne um, would be a good witch. <laughs> bad witch she She's, kind of became a bad she, witch didn't she? she got cursed yeah she, she got cursed she got cursed do um, we have anything before we jump into this movie do we have any uh housekeeping well my origins oh shit yeah i was gonna say my origin stories but yeah what do we have to talk about what do, we have to, uh-huh. what do you want to say oh well, here's Bounce something around. i want to say here's something i want to say since mm-hmm. Since we like to we like to focus on the positive in this podcast. We don't mm. like to dwell on if there's a diva who we're not like a big fan of, we just don't say anything at all if we don't have anything nice to say, because that's what our mothers taught us. So I want to talk about good weather. Because I know you are not having good weather, but I want to talk about my good weather. And I want to bring everyone listening okay. to just pretend <laughs> just pretend you're in New York City in October, because it is so fucking beautiful right now and like 62 and gorgeous and i just love new york in october i'm sorry fuck shout out to the fall weather which is making me feel really practical magic Oh, I feel it. I can see it. I can put myself in there as I'm in as I'm in my stuffy bedroom where it's 96 degrees out and the sky is on fire with smoke. I'm sorry. But don't worry. I got it. I can. No. (laughs) No, I'm sorry. The fantasy is real. I need to live in it. Um, That's New York is so beautiful right now. Um, I mean, you got to give us something. Yeah, I'm so jealous that you got to watch this film on a beautiful, beautiful um, October night. I remember when we started I'm drinking this podcast. some apple cider right now. No, are you really, bitch? Stop. Okay, I'm done. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. I'm going to walk into the there. desert and get and like <laughs> sit on a cactus because that's where I live. Bye. <laughs> I have my three potions right here. I've got my iced coffee um, with my reusable straw. I've got my water and I've got my apple cider whenever i need to get a little dose of fall and start feeling like aunt francis join us do we have any more ketchup um i don't know if we have any more ketchup um oh uh today uh this week on the patreon we are going to be talking about covens we're going to create our own diva covens and fill them with divas and talk about that and just bop around with some real halloween fun for you guys so join us on the patreon it's seven dollars a month patreon.com front slash for the girls podcast oh i guess i have i guess i guess we have something too uh, you know you know we love to promise you a thing and then take that thing away or then mm-hmm. promise you that a thing it we're not going to do <laughs> we actually might now do because this world is crazy and it's ever shifting we were under the impression when we taped last on our last episode of uh my favorite murder she wrote that the witches was not coming out the remake of the witches starring anne hathaway was not coming out well kittens surprise surprise purple hbo saved us brought us the purple grand high witch anne hathaway and we are going to do them both we're going to do a big old side-by-side walkthrough of both the witches diva packed movies so get ready for it 
for your Halloween the tra- joy. The, uh, the trailer just ca- just came out. I and you know obviously trailers aren't shit, but this one's pretty good. I was pretty excited by what what I was seeing. I know. So I'm, I'm pretty here. pumped, I'm and actually, I'm always I'm here for Octavia Spencer, and she's someone who we have not gotten to talk about on the podcast. I can't wait because but, I can't wait. I'm going to talk about her on my Patreons. That's a little. Ooh, that's, that's fair. a little, a little preview of your coven. That's a little slip. Yep. Ma, Ma is an important member of any coven. <laughs> the Ma of it all. <laughs> we should cover Ma on the Patreon. No, have you seen Ma? Fuck yes, I have. I saw okay. it in the theater opening Good. night, bitch. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think I saw that by myself. Oh, Lord. I, I saw it by myself. Them. Yes, yeah, so we love, we can't wait to do The Witches for you. It's going to be coming out a few days before Halloween. And we're just going to keep bopping through all of our favorite witches all month long. And let's hit it with these six to eight witches in this brilliant, brilliant movie, Practical Magic. <laughs> okay, come on, let's get into it. One more night I want to lie and hold you. You've left me now and it's seasoned my Let's, this is another this is another swoon for me. We're 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 doing a kind of back-to-back swoons with back with a back-to-back actress. Um and this is a cradle. This is a yeah, this is Take a warm us to it. Give us cradle your origins, of blankets. Jay. Give my Give origins. Us your origins. Okay, okay, my origins, my origins. So um I I, I hit on this. Uh, I was definitely a child of Entertainment Weekly. Um, it was weekly if you couldn't, couldn't tell. And uh, it was like the only reason why like my 10 year old ass would go to the mailbox or anything, but that was just very exciting. I would get a, a, a weekly, a thing in the mailbox, you know, um, I, who was I? And the biggest thing actually our, our last guest, Joe Reed talks about this a lot. Like also had the same experience, um, with entertainment weekly growing up, which was the fall movie preview. And it was a double issue. So it was thick. And this was right at the peak of my witchy, witchy dumb. And on the fall, uh, uh, cover was our girls. And it was like gold in my hands. I can still remember touching it, uh, uh, obsessing over it. Like I said, I, I had hit peak witch at this point. So mm-hmm. the craft had come out in 95. Mm-hmm. It was like pretty much a, showdown at my house with me and me and Shelly, my mom about me being allowed to see the craft. I was absolutely beside myself as to why mm. this was the one movie in my life. She was trying to restrict me from when she knew how important witches were to me. Um, <laughs> Charmed was out. Yes. And I was living Buffy was, was out and I was living and then this just, and then we already had Hocus Pocus and then here comes this. And this was so adult to me. This looked just like the magic guy. This looked like Martha Stewart cast Martha a spell Stewart on everything. Magic. Absolutely. The, the scented, they were scented candles everywhere, always on this poster. 
Yes, this is what this is. I mean, and I was, I was, I was this fag. I was totally this person. Like I collected candles and incense. In fact, the most embarrassing thing in my entire life, I did not collect nice candles, but my mom submitted me to, to display my candle collection. Did you know about this? To display my candle collection at the local, at our local library with my name on it. Bitch, I'm not kidding. And I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I I burned half of these candles. Like, they're not in good shape. Did you put it on a tray? No, it's in a glass display case in the entry where you walk into the library. It's still there. (laughs) 20 years later, my my iconic child candle collection is still able to be viewed. What I'm most known for in my life is, is my short 10 years of collecting candles. My just, fuck. If you go to Edwardsburg, you gotta see. You gotta see what this 10-year-old got up to with his candle collection. It's outrageous. We just can't take it down. No, okay. bitch. It lasted for like a month and it was humiliating. <laughs> I think I was more humiliated that the candles didn't even look that good. I don't know why she told them that I, I did don't know that. How I never went to go see your candle collection. <laughs> I wasn't promoting it. I was embarrassed. I was like, <laughs> I, I again, I was like, these aren't even that nice of a candles. Like, I don't. I just buy candles. I don't like collect them. But that was so. That was up there. <laughs> so yeah, that's my witch story. Oh, I was. I also stole like Wiccan books, and I was doing candle magic, and so, yeah. So when this hit, it was just really. Um, it, it was, was hitting your pocket. Of, it was hitting my pocket, and then I don't know if you remember this, but um, so it hit my pocket. It was everything to me. Um, I got kicked out of college, and actually, Nikki moved me up uh, from Michigan. We drove up with a friend from Michigan at the end of August, and I stayed at I stayed at Nick's. I stayed at in Nick's apartment and you were doing a play. So I was kind of alone in New York and I was 22 and I was, I was so lost. I had no idea how to get a job. I had no money. Um, And this movie just kept coming on. And I remember, you know, that when you're so broke, you're like, if I just don't move, <laughs> if I just right. don't move, I won't <laughs> Then I won't anything. get hungry. And then I then won't I have won't to get, buy food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Water's still I, free, right? I, I Is water still factor. free? And this movie, during that, during the months of September, October, when I stayed in your apartment, my first time in New York, my first time living in New York, this movie was on repeat. And I would just be like, I can't do anything else. And I probably watched it a hundred times uh, in those two months. And it just, it literally saved me. Like I, I it, mm. it literally got me through this like impossible time of like having no idea how I was going to survive. And I just like escaped into the fantasy of it all. And yeah, so boom, Origins. Origins. And then you moved in after that with Trin. Um, oh yeah, yep. Just keep origins. Keep, keep going. going. <laughs> We're not going to talk about the movie. We're just talking about Jason's twenties. <laughs> Jason's twenties. Yeah, my twenties. Yes, I moved in with someone who was also deeply obsessed with this movie. It was her favorite movie growing up as a child. We lived in this beautiful brownstone, and we would cook these fabulous meals, and we would just play this soundtrack. And so I had a yet another renaissance of that. And and then uh, this person moved to an island. Mm-hmm. And I uh, started it, was working on an art residency. And then I, when I, years later after that, another jump, I visited her and we were in the garden with our, with our uh, garden hats on, picking, picking vegetables. 
and listening uh, listening to the soundtrack and dancing mm. like we were freaking Sally and Jelly Bean and Jelly Bean and our great aunts and so I have a lot of beautiful memories of this film and connections with friends of this film. I think I mean for a lot of people this is a lot of people's favorite. This is uh, this is our this is the second Hocus Pocus. A lot of people have really uh, claimed this film as their own and being really important. So I can't wait to get into it all. Well, let's get into it all. How was your rewatch of it? Here we go. Last night. Um, great. I cried for the first time watching this film. Like I full cried, mm. and I wasn't expecting it. I full cried, and I, yeah, of the romance of it all, which is again, you know, I've said I'm not really much of a romance person. Um, but this really got me this, like, there's like one romance thread that will really, that always sinks me. And this, this sunketh me. It's the, it's the fucking charm she wound up when she was a little girl, right? With those flower petals in the book. You will hear my call a mile away. You'll whistle my favorite song. You can ride a pony backwards. What are you doing? Summoning up a true love spell called Amas Veritas. He can flip pancakes in the air. He will be marvelously kind. His favorite shape will be a star. And he'll have one green eye. Blue. Do you think that's when I cried? When, no, when I she set the pedal, when she set the the pedals into the air of ooh ooh. Oh, I watched. Pedals. I had to watch that twice last night. I had to go back and watch it again because I love when pedals fly up in the air. <laughs> that's one of my favorite things to okay, see. Okay, what do. now? What are Sally's what? powers? What are Sally's powers? Sally Owens, played by the magnetic Sandra Bullock. We know Sandra Bullock's powers are charm, and you know, kind of gruff tomboyishness and beauty but with sally owens we know she can cast a spell we know she can she, make she can blow and make candles blow a light. flame she can she, blow a flame she, she can blow flame she can make rose petals fly what else can she do you know what my favorite thing is and which which i will this will never leave me until the day i die and Tell i will me. always try to believe that it will happen is she can stir a spoon with her mind Oh, yes, yes. No need to... No, she doesn't have to waste any of those crucial um, calorie-burning movements of her hand to stir her coffee. Uh Uh-uh. No, that's... And that, to me, is a great power. That, to me, is such a magical power. Like, I would love to see that happen just once in my life. It's going to happen. I just have to get close to my candle collection. Explain this to me. Is... I mean... My first moment of like chills in this movie was when... The very beginning. The very beginning. I think it's the very very beginning beginning. when... She had the gift of magic. And I just like always wish I had that, you know... I mean, we all did growing up. That's why these movies are so magical. Because we all wanted the gift of magic. The first in the line of the Owens women. And I love that too. I love the setting. I love that setting of it. Um, I love how it plops us down in, into the origins and then just keeps moving. Movies are so hard. I, this is what I think. You know, movies are obviously so fucking hard. You have to do so much in such a short time period. Mm-hmm. And they are. You know, they're not they're not specific about a time. They kind of – half of the movie is kind of moving through different stages of their lives. And we literally go back to the very first curse, right? That's one of the powers they have, or it's a curse. I think it's a power. What do you think? 
What? Oh, that they have a curse. Oh, the curse. Okay, so if you haven't seen Practical Magic, the Owens women, they have a curse. Who gave them this curse? The the very beginning, the very first witch of the Owens women, the very first witch. Maria, she, which was very similar to Mariah. And she also had the Barbara Hershey look of it all, which made me think that maybe she was Mariah Osborne, like in our episode of Murder, she wrote last week. October is our cur- October is for curses. October is for curses. I want to thank everyone who's shouting out curses in October because it's working, girls. Keep chanting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she fell in love with she fell in love with someone who left her, and so right. she, to protect her, to oh, protect, to protect her the rest of the women. Board. She was like, "If yeah. you fall in love, that guy, I'm sending the death rattle beetle." Your mother knew. She heard the beetle ticking for your father's death all day long. She knew that when you hear the sound of the Death Watch beetle, the man you love is doomed to die. And Aunt Frances and Aunt Jet, ugh, played by the iconic, beautiful, perfect women, Stockard Channing and Diane Weist, both of whom we've never talked about on this podcast because we're, we were born in sin and we are not perfect. But Jesus, how beautiful, transcendent, fun. I mean, so much fun. You know, they always do like best duos of this is my favorite duo ever. And it's not enough. I don't know ever, but like I adore the energy that they bring mm-hmm. to the screen. And if your favorite line is when she's is at her beginning. So these aunties are ta- are talking to their nieces, sisters, raising sisters, which is everything I want. Mm-hmm. This is a coven that I want. Well, um, I know your favorite line. What? The little witch in all of us. Oh, of course, that's a classic line. <laughs> but I love that's I, who doesn't love that oh, line. Put it on the button. Classic line. No, that's a classic line. That's like that's like when in Casablanca when he says, "I'll see you later, kid." You know, <laughs> that's like the that's it's right like, up there with. It's that. like that line in Battle from Normandy. Yeah, in the, in the Godfather. Um, I've never seen The Godfather, but it's like that. This is my Godfather. Diane Keaton's in The Godfather. Yeah. (laughs) Is she in this movie, though? What? Diane Um, Keaton would be an amazing addition. Okay, this is the main game I wanted to play with you about this. You know how everyone's calling for a Hocus Pocus sequel? I'm calling right now today for a Practical Magic sequel. Because Evan Rachel Wood is fully ass-grown and a full-ass movie star who Mm -hmm. plays one of Sandy B's kids in this movie. It's just the other little girl, Alexandra Artrip, did not become such a huge star. So if it's going to be about the next generation of Owens women, mm-hmm. and we're going to have... Should I stop-, stop you here? Yeah. Should I stop you here? Stop me. Um, Purple HBO uh, have has uh, commissioned for a prequel. So it's about the aunties, I think. So you are getting that. Mm, I don't like that because then Diane... You don't want the Stockard- aunties... I want, want the, the aunties, aunties, but I want them now. I want I the aunties and I want Sandy. I want Aiden Quinn to have died. And so Sandy B and Nicole live with the aunties. They're all living in that same house and Evan Rachel Wood and someone else come and they're in trouble. Maybe it's Kira Shipkin or Sabrina. Okay. Oh, Sabrina. <laughs> she's, she's like, I just keep getting typecast for all of this shit. I'm down. Um, but well, well, we, well, we are getting something. We are getting a prequel. There's actually been spinoffs that they, they tried to um, do pilots of and they failed. So it hasn't worked. It has not worked. It has not. Uh... Yeah, the, the casting, the magic spell did not work. But and 
and I think this was, I think the last thing I read was in um, 2019 that there are they are going to do the prequel of it all. So I don't as long as I get something pra- practical <laughs> practical in my life. But one of my favorite lines at the beginning is um, so Aunt Jet and Aunt Frances are all are talk are kind of explaining the history of the Owens women to their nieces whose mother has passed away who has died from a broken heart um, mm-hmm. because because the curse killed their father and so they're all out in the garden and i, I and you know we're going to talk probably for another hour about the house and about the outside and how it's everything like if i can get into Cabot cove i'm going here bitch this is this where is I'm second living. heaven this is second heaven. This could be first heaven for me. This could be side by it's side an heaven. Island Some heavens off, live side by side. It's an island off the coast of someplace in New England. So maybe it's an island off the coast of Cabot Cove. And and was also shot um, in parts of it. There was also shot in a studio in California and in Washington. So it's very Cabot Covey <laughs> of it all. Okay. In the sequel, how about this? Aunt Jet and Aunt Frances get in trouble, and their aunt, played by Angela Lansbury, shows up to save their asses. How do you like that mm. for a sequel? Mm. There the we lady go. watch of it all. Are you ever going to get to your favorite line? No, Purple HBO <laughs> is killing us. Um, I'm, I'm imagining you, like Purple HBO, listening, and they're like, okay, we're scrapping the prequel. We're, listen to this. <laughs> listen to what Nick has said. Listen to what this queen is saying. This isn't even podcast. a good line. <laughs> <laughs> it's. It's not like an iconic line, but when, so they're all at the, uh, at the table and, and the kids are getting kind of sad and Aunt Jet looks and she goes, my little witch, let's go inside and do some spells. And if I had an auntie, oh. <laughs> like that's how, that was so exciting to me to be, be in the presence of a coven of women who uh, eat brownies. For breakfast. Brownies for breakfast, babe. Brownies for breakfast and blow on candles to start it aflame and like do a, sp- whatever they're doing on that spindle wheel. Like, mm-hmm. hi, 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 hi. That I love was it. such an exciting beginning. Yeah. And, and their sisters also make a blood oath together. Of course you're going to see me again. We're going to grow old together. It's going to be you and me living in a big house. These two old biddies with all these cats. <laughs> I mean, I bet we even die on the same day. You swear? And let me tell you, I tried to make a blood oath with Jason a few episodes ago where we'd be buried alive together, and he said no. So well, you, found, you did. You did. I didn't say no. Someone said yes before I could say no. <laughs> and that was another one of your best friends, so you made a death oath with them. Okay, so the sisters obviously become our iconic divas. Yes, Sandy B and Nicole Sandy K. Sandy B and Nicole K. So we've been in the House of Kidman. Where we've always this podcast has always lived in the House of Kidman. We covered iconically Big Little Lies. We just covered the hours. Have we done another Nikki Kid movie? Doesn't it feel like we have? It feels she's like just we have. We just, she's everywhere. Damn, she's good in this movie. I love Nicole Kidman so much. I love her look in this movie. She's giving me every goth girl who was sexually empowered in the nineties. Those little teeny glasses that are red tinted. Lots of little spaghetti strap, short tankies. She's so sexy in this. The weird um, tattoo on the boob. That I actually have. So I've seen this movie again a billion times and I really had not seen the tattoo of it all. I know. Um, I couldn't that, even tell really up. what um, it was. Her look. I'm going to say it's so a rose excellent. like ours. Mm. I think it's like she a, has rose a rose like tattoo ours. on her boob. Yeah. 
Ugh. And but, she's in love with, I love how she describes, okay, so she falls in love with, she likes the dangerous men. And she falls in love with a guy named Jimmy Angel, who she describes as a... He has his whole uh, Dracula cowboy thing. And I was like, fuck yeah. And it's Goran Vizjik from fucking ER, who can, just for the record, who I'm sure listens to this podcast, and you can kidnap me and brand me in the back of the car any day. That's yours, not Aiden Quinn? No, though Aiden Quinn, you know I've worked with Aiden Quinn. He can, I feel like he can get it for me in this movie. Really? That's so funny because I think of myself. I know, I, were we switching? I feel like we're switching. And you're the Nikki K. But no, I just really, I've loved Goran Vizjek. You think you're Sandy B in this bitch? Yes. I'm Sandy B in this. I mean, you're not quite Nikki K. (laughs) 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 My cast a spell on you. I'm Sandy B. (laughs) I'm Sandy B. I'm the nerdy one who always does her homework. And you know when Sandy B is mourning because her husband died and Nicole Kidman left her? That reminded me of me when you moved to L.A. Yeah, but I have long brown hair. I <laughs> I also have daughters and I have I have like five lotions. So I don't know. <laughs> you are more Sandy B. Oh, but I want to be Sandy B too. I this is my Sandy B of it all. This is my Nicole Kidman of it all, and this is my Sandy B of it all. Nicole Kidman, I think, is does does something that I th- she just gets to be fresh. She doesn't get to be weighed down by like I don't know. There's something so natural about these two actresses in this that I feel like they don't always get a sense to do. Like Nicole Kidman does some a lot of heavy, heavy work, or she'll do the Moulin Rouge, where she's really pitched at a 10. And although she and this, there's just I just I feel like I've she never really seen Nicole Kidman. Yeah, she gets to be kind of the naughty girl in this. Well, this was kind of what she was doing in the 90s, though. I mean, if you think of To Die For and you think of iconically in Batman Forever, her kind of femme fatale thing that she was doing at the time eyes wide shut she Man, follows us up with the eyes wide shut favorite performances but they're also really lucky to have nicole they make nicole do all the heavy lifting in this movie when she is fucking possessed by her boyfriend my blood like Nicole had to do that. Sandy B is not capable. I love Sandy B, but Sandy B can't really do the de- demonic possession work that Nicole Kidman. <laughs> the deep, deep demonic. So do you, um, do you want to know the truth of it all? Yeah. In the deep. Okay. So, so yes, like Nicole Kidman has this like toxic Johnny angel boyfriend and they kill him. And then he goes into a rose bush. And then at the very end, he possesses her and she has to do so he much crazy work. Frogs. <laughs> the girls are pushing that little chair, and there's just the frogs are dribbling out. <laughs> she's like, she's smiling and laughing. I love <laughs> that she smiles at that. I was like, I love that her choice is that she's just kind of grinning at that mischievousness of it all, and and that's what he would do. Um, but she has to do a lot of falling in that scene at the very end. Um, uh, where like she tries to break the broom circle, and she crashes back down. And she was like really adamant that she wanted to hit her head uh, on the on the floor. She was like, I really want that. Yes. She was like, no, no, I really want to be authentic about that. So they relayed the floor with rubber, um, 
with rubber. They made like all mm. of the wooden floorboards rubber to make it safer for her because like that was the choice that she had to make. And Fuck yeah, she fucking Nicole Kidman is a great fucking actor. And um and Joan Didion's nephew <laughs> was <laughs> was was saying that she would go she would go from absolutely white to flush red and back and forth and back and forth during the whole mm. scene as if like the possession was like real and like trying to actually come out of her body <laughs> and that it was like just this like really witchy experience during that scene the cast members swore that there was um that things were actually being kind of possessed around the house well that's i mean that's Listen, as an actress, let me tell you, that's part of the gig is it kind of being possessed by the whole thing. Nicole, got to get into it. She's serious. This is my realization about Sandy B as an actor, though. So you love Sandy B. We're going to talk about let's talk about the House of Sandy B. Let's talk about the House of Bullock, because I do love the House of Bullock. I will lock myself in the House of Bullock. I love. But she is supernaturally good. She's like Jimmy Stewart levels of goodness. There we go. She's the female, female Jimmy Stewart. Well, gosh, well, he seems to know an awful lot because he's come all the way from Arizona. And I know this sounds really strange, but I I don't think I can lie to him. Could you ever imagine Sandy B playing a villain? Yes. I mean, but she never has. (laughs) She's never been bad or mean or even like slightly um, anti-hero in any movie name one for me you can't she's always supernaturally smart wry good-hearted um game fun like all of these qualities she's never unlikable you know what though with the jimmy stewart what i think truly truly that you hit it over the head is she's supernaturally normal and accessible in this film in the yes. way that I, the way that you and I are battling over wanting to be her mm-hmm. because like, I just want to be this like beautiful vessel of emotion and compassion. And uh, she allows it's us just every to woman. kind of, she's just so effervescent on this film that I do feel here's my tea on the romantic comedies. Okay. That she do, has done a lot of is that mm-hmm. I do not like a romantic comedy when it's centered. When that's the center, when it's like, will they, won't they? Like while you were sleeping. Actually, while you're sleeping is fantastic. But yeah. like <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but like, um, yeah, like just when, just simply when that, when it's centered, when there's nothing else going on, but, but that I, I really am not here for that. I don't, I, that's not my bag. I don't watch it. But when there, but the fact that there's this whole other bond that you're focusing on, that's the main focus, which is the sisters, the aunties, the women Mm -hmm. of it all. And then it's also about opening yourself up to other love and being cursed by that and and trying to release yourself from that curse and, and, and allowing yourself in. That's when I, that's, that's my pocket. That's when I really love when a thing really works for me. And that's why this really works. And that's why I I get really enchanted by this. And Sandra, Sandy B's like, it's movie star naturalism, right? It's not like, yeah, it's, that's what that is. It's that the Jimmy Stewart of it, of the movie star naturalism that she possesses is on full display in this film. Well, the other, the other irony of that too, is that her character always wants to be normal. And the ants try to tell her that my darling girl, when are you going to understand that being normal is not necessarily a virtue. 
And Nicole Kidman tries to tell her. But the weird thing is, like, Sandy Bullock is the ultimate normal girl. Normal, most beautiful girl, right? Like, Ugh. she's always, like, kind of, they're always, she, Sandy B after this was always given, like, the kind of, like, fumbling cop and miscongeniality. Like, the kind fumbling of doing, cop in the heat. The fumbling cop in the heat. Um <laughs> I love the heat. Sandra Bullock in Panic is one of my favorite moods of all time in cinema. It's something she does better than anyone else. Sandy B in this movie hears the death rattle beetle and she is fully in love with her husband. Mm. She has two gorgeous children and she hears that death rattle beetle. And she's going to tear her house apart to find it. That? I... Michael, look out! And let's think of the other time Sandra Bullock panics in movies and it makes our lives better. We're talking about gravity. We're talking about the net. We're talking about speed. And we're definitely talking about Bird Box. Sandy B in a panic is one of the most iconic emotions Hollywood has ever come up with. And she follows that panic up when so you're on the ride of her trying to kill that beetle to save her husband to continue having this normal life with her children. And then mm-hmm. she follows that up when she confronts her aunties. Yes. Because, because listen, when you get cast a spell, what song plays over? You're literally marched towards your lover slash doom. What's that? What's our song? What's basically our first song in the film? This kiss. This mother well that's when they meet that's not when that's not when she goes to get the curse that's when they meet no she she gets no the aunties cast a spell babe they cast a spell for her to fall in love Mm -hmm. and and they play the first kiss just to send her off to run down the street just a little faith hill to get you in the mood just a little faith hill to meet her uh to meet her fisherman i don't want another heartbreak i don't need another turn to cry no I don't want to learn the hard way, baby, hello, oh no, goodbye, but you got me like a rocket, shooting straight across the sky, it's the way you love me, it's a feeling like this, it's centrifugal motion, it's perpetual bliss, it's that pivotal moment, it's uh, impossible, this kiss, this kiss, unstoppable. This kiss, I was for sure. He's this not kiss. a fisherman. He's a delivery man. A delivery of apples. He's always he carrying a cart of something. Apples like this delicious apple cider I'm drinking right now. Mm. Mm, it's gone. Um. The okay. First of all, this accident where the husband dies makes no sense to me because he's pushing his cart of apples, and then they see a whole bunch of bicyclists coming at him, and you're like, oh no, he's going to get run over by bikes. But all the bicyclists go around him and we're like, phew, the death rattle beetle didn't get him. And then he turns around and somehow the bikes have evaporated entirely and a full Mack truck just drives into him. It makes no sense. Okay. I'm okay. So (laughs) how do I explain to someone magic? (laughs) Practically. Just get practical about it. How do I practically explain to you magic? Like, I I didn't think I was going to have to give you the history lesson on how bikes disappear, but here I am. (laughs) They they just do, sweetie. When the death beetle is coming, 
you disappear an entire like the France freaking <laughs> the fucking frickin Tour de France. Tour de freaking France. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think this island is really the best place for long distance biking. Oh, but I love that we're describing Sandy B's looks, which is really fun for the podcast. But while she's like, I think I think she's trying to cast a spell of like she sees what's happening, and so she makes the bikes disappear. She saves them, and but she can't predict that that freaking semi truck coming down. No, because her great grandma, Maria Osborne, fucking sent that truck. Maria Osmond. Maria Maria Osmond. Osmond. Oh, Maria Osmond should be in your coven. Your coven is my coven um, is Octavia Spencer and Marie Osmond. That's all I could. That's all I could think don't of. Don't spoil it. They have to tune into the Patreon to hear about it. Okay, well, it's not a Let spoiler. Me tell you what I'm are, living one for. of those is a lie. And Sandy B, this should have been her Oscar clip this year because I would much rather have her win for this than the fucking Blind Side. Um, ah. But when she gives that speech to beg the ants to bring her husband back from the dead. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying to you. The follow-up of, of, of panic, panic, panic. And then she goes up to the aunties and she's like, I, she's like, you brought him into my life. Now I want you to bring him back. Bring him back. I have never asked you for anything. I've never asked you for spells, but do this. I know you, I know you can bring him back. here. We won't do that. We don't do that. But you can. You you can do this. I know you can. I, I remember. I found it here when, when when mommy and daddy died. Even if we did bring him back, it wouldn't be Michael. It would be something else. Something dark and unnatural. I don't care what he comes back as, as long as he comes back. Please do this for me. Please. 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 No, and, and you, you cast a spell? Like you, you did this on top. You did this on, on, you did this on top of me. Now I can't even trust if this love was real. You know, like how do I even know that we were, we actually loved each other, but this heartbreak is real. Mm-hmm. She knows her pain is real. And what do you do when you're in that kind of pain or heartbreak, kids? What do you do? You open a lotion shop. Yeah, yes, that, that's one of her magics. That's one of her magic abilities: is lotions and potions. Babe. Here's my question for you. I think that this movie single-handedly invented hipsterism because we've seen this same shop gentrify neighborhoods across urban areas throughout America by white ladies and their husbands over and over and over again. And now even it's the exact same shop, almost identical to the one they have on Schitt's Creek. Okay, well, do they have as good as labels as this shop does? Because I'm down if they have beautifully printed labels. Like, I've never seen a shop as gorgeously Martha Stewart as this one. Maybe I haven't been to Connecticut in a long time, but... I also have never seen an employee as fabulous as Margot Martindale. Young Here's... Margot Martindale. Very young Margot Martindale. Here's a little riddle for and you. And Cindy Lauper. They both work at the lotion shop. Do you know... What else Cindy Lauper was in? It's a movie we have covered. It's no a idea. slight surprise for you. We're saying Cindy Lauper, but there's just this other actress in the lotion shop who looks kind of like Cindy Lauper. She's famous for playing Nancy in Sid and Nancy, um, which oh, is a terrific film with with Gary Oldman. With Gary Oldman, but she is um, actually in she's in in a pivotal scene in Heart and Souls where she plays the. Um, one of the crazy patients who can see all the ghosts and tells Robert Downey Jr. Oh, uh, that's right. That that's they're a real. great part. That's yep, so that's cool. Her. I know. Oh, I love that scene. Uh-huh. 
That's so Ooh. good. Oh. Facts, 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 knowledge. Okay, facts. let me ask you something else about Sandra Bullock. Do you think Sandra Bullock gets to write her own monologues? Because I do. You do? You think she gets to add in her own Sandy B of it all? In her letter to Jilly, that letter to Jilly about her love Jilly, and like what Jilly she Bean. wants to and like what she wants her next love of her life to be like. Dearest Jilly, sometimes I feel there is a hole inside of me, an emptiness that at times seems to burn. I think if you lifted my heart to your ear, you could probably hear the ocean. In the moon tonight, there's a circle around it, a sign of trouble not far behind. I have this dream of being whole. I'm not going to sleep each night wanting, but still sometimes, when the wind is warm or the crickets sing, I dream of a love that even time will lie down and be still for. I just want someone to love me. I want to be seen. Maybe I've had my happiness. I don't want to believe it, but there is no man, Jilly. Only that moon. Could have been plopped down right in the middle of Hope Floats or the Lake House. Have you seen Hope Floats and the Lake House? You've seen them both, right? I've seen Hope Floats. You're telling me you haven't seen The Lake House? <laughs> I have listened to podcasts. I think I listened to um, How Did This Get Me podcast on The Lake House, and I think I enjoyed that wow. more than seeing The Lake House. So, Wow. Yes. Have you seen Premonition? Yeah. I've seen Premonition <laughs> with my friend Mariah, and I spent an hour, I sp- like, and then maybe a month later, she was trying to convince me that I had actually seen Premonition. I did not have the premonition that I did see it, <laughs> and I literally spent a whole hour saying, I didn't see it. I've never seen this movie with you. There's no way I wouldn't remember seeing Premonition with Sandra Bullock. <laughs> it was like, I was convinced. Yeah, she I've probably seen, saw it with me. 28 Days Later, I've seen, what I've, are we just going down Sandy oh, B films? 28 Days Later, yeah. 28 Days Later definitely lives in the kitchen with the liquor. See, I don't live in the Sandy B house, so like, I don't gag over, like I, I don't gag really over all of that, like, I appreciate her. I love her. Um, she single-handedly ended aging in women in America. Oh, I was thinking about that, Mama. I was thinking about how basically she's past the age of what the aunties are in this film, and she's still a young mother. So if you watch Gravity, in Gravity, Sandra Bullock is the same age as all the women in the First Wives Club. Just sit with that fact for a moment. Just imagine if they would have let Bette Midler be an astronaut by herself. Actually, the remake of Gravity with Bette Midler in the 90s really makes me excited. She'd just be floating around singing ballads, waving at the moon. Like doing another one of her iconic, like, Yonkers accents. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. Wait, let's get back on track here. Just as Sandy B, just as Sandy B single-handedly ended aging in Hollywood, Nicole Kidman, I think, is starting her invention of whispering in this movie. I think she started it here. The invention and, of whispering? Yeah, that she perfects five years later in the hours. When, when does she, she whisper? She when does she whisper whispering. in this film? Blood on the moon. 
I know. Blood on the moon. I know. I know. Blood on the moon. I know. Uh, 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 where's my tiger's eye? No, no, I need my tiger's eye. It brings me luck. No, 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 I left it. No, no. I gotta get my tiger's eye. probably in the bag, Jilly. Her whole freak out. Oh, I love blood on the moon. Anytime I see that moon, just a little bit of orange, I say blood on the moon. Mm. I also love when she's dry. I mean, I'm always shocked when a Joni Mitchell song is in a, is in a soundtrack. Because I'm like, how did Joni... Oh, yeah. How did Joni like allow this to happen? But of course she had allowed this to happen because it's a perfect she's a witch. scene. She's a witch. And she's like, oh, is this, is it as, are they astral projecting? Are the sisters going to, they're going to astral project? Oh, okay. Yes. You can use it. If a it's about women astral projecting that have made a blood oath, then you get the rights to Joni's music for free. But this is such a good sister scene. This is one of my favorite sister scenes of all time. Another iconic duo. They're actually such good sisters. They really work. They really are. Even when they get mad together. at each other, it's not for long. It's not for long. Um, they they have such little time to actually have a connection with each other and to build. And so when they're under this blanket and the astral projection realm of it all, and Nicole Kidman is kind of uh, spiritually tending to Sandy B's heartbreak. Well, you'll never forgive yourself unless you get up and you get dressed and you brush your goddamn teeth because your breath stinks. <laughs> <laughs> And you take care of those little girls. So beautiful. But can I tell you one of the only, the two things that I don't like in this movie? Tell one, me. I could have 100% more aunties. I can't wait to- 100%, 100% cut the section where the aunties leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's make and them make a section. <laughs> or we follow them on their journey shopping for different charms. I need. I think they more... go to a witch motel and I want to go <sighs> to that motel. I think they okay, go you... to their witch motel. The witch motel. You also missed the greatest line in the movie, which is when Diane Weist says that- Coaster, just go to Jilly and the children will be fine. We'll take them to the solstice celebration with no, us. No, 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 no. Why can't, why can't you do- Just stay here. Mm. No, dear, we can't back out at the last minute. We're on the committee. Yes. We're presenting. Yes. Fine, but I do not want them dancing naked under the full moon. No, of course not, dear. The nudity is entirely optional. As you will remember. As you would know. <laughs> As you would know. As you would know. Um, uh, but what I hate, I, one of the tropes I, 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 I always just irks the living pee out of me is when relatives claim to not have seen each other for up, up, upwards of 10 years. I'm like, that does not happen. Unless there is a huge, no. huge schism in your life in which for reasons why you can't come back, most people at some point return. And especially these sisters, they would have returned. So that was something that I was like, oh, I hate this. Uh, I hate this thing in the film where it's it like- It didn't make she, a lot of sense. She has not gone back and seen any of those, any of her nieces? I do not think so. Maybe she just, no. uh, maybe she does more astral projecting than we know of. Um, <laughs> you know that people are really, really mad. I like got into the good reads of it all on this book and people, it's actually kind of hilarious because everyone's like, this is not like the movie. Why? What is wrong with this book? I don't know why I'm reading it. Like you can, there's tons <laughs> of questions of people asking why this isn't like the movie on Goodreads. And people are like, because this book came out first, like they took a lot of different liberties, but the book, um, the ants aren't really in the book. The house is never in the book. And um, yeah, it's all in the suburbs actually. Oh. Um it's mainly set in the suburbs. Like she really does try to get away from the ants. The ants actually come, they bury him in Sandy B's backyard in the suburbs and the ants come to the suburbs. 
uh, to do it. But yeah, the book's really different. Actually, another one of my origins. Uh, this is also a beloved book of my mom's. She fell in love with this oh. movie or movie, movie of my mom's. She fell in love with this movie away from me, like not together. I didn't know that this was one of her favorite movies. And she tried to, because she loved it so much, she normally does October book club uh, with her oh. um, book club ladies and so she was going to submit this as one of her october books but she was so beside herself that there wasn't that much magic and it wasn't anywhere close to the movie <laughs> that she just completely did she was heartbroken i remember her she talking could have to me an about october it. movie club don't you know don't you remember when they used to make books after the movie and just make them just like that no yeah they used to do that they used to like just like put out a book after the movie so that people would buy it and read it but that was like me when i read the first wives club book after i saw the movie i was so upset i remember you were like this is way darker than my my <laughs> my, my team really brain dark. Can, can understand also can you imagine how pissed people are because i because yeah i think the book is very different but i'm sure they slapped on the cover of nicole kidman and sandra bullock and are like here you go <laughs> right exactly <laughs> and without and i need some Anne jet and Anne francis so if they're not in there like i don't know i'm glad that we have really really confirmed that i am aunt francis and you are aunt jet i know but i kind of want to is it, is it unfair to say i want to be every, can't you can't you be one of the kids i want to be everyone in this film is that too much to ask why can't I'll be I, the I vampire even... cowboy and you can be all the women <laughs> okay and i get to be aiden quinn too see i get to be so many people and i get to be margo <laughs> martindale i'm always margo martindale everyone knows that um <laughs> come on ladies let's clean house this fucking coven when they make this coven they just need to call all because all the ladies of the town hate them because they're witches because they're witches but secretly they when secretly when people hate you they're just jealous of you and they want you to call them over to join your coven because you all want to be there's a little witch in all of us right yes diane weiss says that diane weiss is always nice to everybody in the town because she knows they just want to come over and start a coven with them and that's what they do we have to banish Mm -hmm. him we have to force his spirit back into the grave we need a full coven i also love that iconic woman who's like is this okay and it's a dustbuster. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's um. That's also to me is a, a callback to when Mary uh, has to use a vacuum cleaner as a broom mm-hmm. in Hocus Pocus. Yes. So I was like, oh, I just love d- domestic jokes like that. That makes me so happy. <laughs> I just um, love. I just love like Diane Weist has like the whole moral of this story, which is like I don't know if she actually says it or if it's just the moral that I got from it, which is like. Don't try to be normal. Just be yourself. Like, just be your own witchy self, and people are going to come to you. People are going to love that about you. Well, Sandra Bullock, so when after her heartbreak, she brings her kids to, to live with the aunties, and she's like, And as for you two, my children will never do magic. And there's a scene where the aunties and and uh, Sandra Bullock's kids are all together in the kitchen, remember and and she's like what are you doing and she's like making toast and then the toast just flies up um (laughs) and she's like i don't want you to fill my kids heads with nonsense and she just diane weist is so precise this is what i this is the thing Mm. this is the alfie woodard of it for me i realize that she's kind of about that level for me she makes me if she's in it like that movie's enough i don't really care because she fills the line in and she fills everything around the line Every moment, if you need to track what's going on, again, it's the Diane Weist of it all that, like, 
sends it mm-hmm. for you. And she looks at, she says, We'd never tell them nonsense, dear. Never yeah. nonsense. It's like, she's like, no, we're, always, we're only going to speak truth. We're only going to speak our truth mm-hmm. of, of who we are. We're not going to run from who we are. Like, and what, what we believe in isn't nonsense. What is nonsense is trying to, den- to not deny a part of you. And that's right. kind of what's killing you. I mean, the thing that gave me the most witchy inspiration, every line is an iconic line, just like this is the this is gay Casablanca. okay? yeah, this is the gay Casablanca. Oh, I want to get into the Casablanca of it all, actually. So you say your favorite line and then we'll get into it. When Diane Weiss says, remember that as we go forth, it is only with our hearts beating as one that we can save the life of this child. And that's how I feel about like where we are as a human race right now. We all need to get our hearts beating as one, even though I know that's very difficult because we have a child to save and we need to summon our inner Diane Weists, not to bring ourselves strength, but to bring strength in community, y'all. Boom. That's what I have to say to you. Circle, a, a, a powerful circle of brooms and dustbusters. Let's combine our powers. Mm-hmm. Combine powers. Save, Don't let's war save with these each children. Other. We have to save the children. It's we have the, to save it's... these children. So, the, so this movie is considered a cult classic, and it literally just, that's like on one on the Wikipedia. It's like this movie is considered a cult classic, right? I don't know about that. I, you know, the re- if you read some of the reviews, this movie was panned. It, got, it has like a twenty two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Fuck, and. A lot of the reviews, Roger Ebert, Owen, Owen Gilberman, or whatever the fuck from Entertainment Weekly, they, these pieces of shit were like, like, oh, the, it's all over the place. It doesn't know what it wants to be. It's a, it's, it's a scary movie at once, and then it tries to be a comedy, and then it tries to be a romance. As, as if you cannot combine genres. Yeah. And I really, and, and the funny thing is, last year, that's the same thing they said about Hocus Pocus, was that it didn't make any sense. Like it was, it was not for kids. It wasn't for adults. And it's really, wow. We've really let men trample, uh, trample over pictures of women and be completely confused by them. And then allow us to be like, oh, the only way we can celebrate this is by making a cult out of it. And I just kind of want to take it from the bin and be like, yeah, this is a Casablanca. This is a Jimmy Stewart version. This is a great movie. This is a expertly done movie that d- covers a lot of terrain in two hours um and is a is a whole piece like never once did i really feel like things weren't disconnected never once was i removed from the emotion of of the film um and i love that it kept adding actually layers onto it i love that mm-hmm. there was a horror supernatural aspect of it i love that yeah. there was this, that there were sisters who were so drawn together i love that there was a curse that like was haunting them and not allowing them to express themselves. I love that there's actual magic. I love there's actual magical that that does things like drug your boyfriend or bring him back to life after you've killed him or stir coffee. I love the romance of it all. Oh, listen, the '90s were about two things: romance and trying to be goth. That's all we were trying to do. We were trying to fall in love and trying to like be able to walk through hot topic without getting laughed at. That's all we were trying to get up to. And, and well, (laughs) yeah, and it worked for me and it worked for me. Give me, give me, give me a gothy, give me a gothy romance with Aiden Quinn. Cause I, 
was not ready for the, I, I, I was like, don't, I was like, it's October. I'm going to get witchy. I was not ready for the Aiden Quinn of this, of the moment. Like I said, that made me cry at the end when she is saying like. The reason that you're here and you don't know why is because I sent for you. When I was a little girl, I worked a spell, so I would never fall in love. I asked for qualities in a man that I knew couldn't possibly exist. One green eye, one blue. But you do. You're saying what I'm feeling is just one of your spells? Uh, yeah, it's not real. And if you stay, I wouldn't know if it was because of the spell, and you wouldn't know if it was because I didn't want to go to prison. Right. Because I, 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 I done drugged someone, honey. I done drugged and killed someone and then brought him back to life and killed him again. And the idea that, like, Oh, I made a curse for you. You know, I made a spell. I brought you here. The reason you were brought here is because I made this spell. And the line that really killed me, too, when he was like, You know what? I wished for you, too. I'm doing that, my Nicole Kidman whispering. I wish for you, too. I wished for Oh, Aiden Quinn learned some whispering techniques from Nicole in this movie because he whispers to her a lot right before they start smooching. I just, I was just, I started, we, I, I really, that turned on my tear gates at this moment. I, I found that so beautiful and heartbreaking to, to him to turn around and be like, yeah, but I like, A, curses don't have power, um, you know, unless you give it to them. Mm-hmm. Aiden Quinn says that. Ian Quinn says that. B, he says, I wish for you too. I also have powers. I can also, mm-hmm. I can There's also. There's a little bit of witch in me too. There's a little bit of witch in, well, maybe not police, but. Maybe not police. Oh, at one point, Sand- Sandra Bullock says, fuck the police in this movie. Your badge? It's just a star. Just another symbol. Your talisman. You can't stop criminals in their tracks, can it? It has power because you believe it does. <laughs> oh yeah, she's like, she's like, really? Because witches are doing it for themselves mm-hmm. <laughs> right now, <laughs> and like this guy did not deserve to live. Uh huh. So, and then after you fucking fall in love, become goth, fuck the police. What do you have to do at midnight? What do you have to have at midnight? Are you talking about midnight margaritas? Midnight margaritas. <laughs> Yes, I'm talking about Midnight Margaritas, bitch. <laughs> this is like, this is the scene that there's not a, there's probably like not like a white girl alive that doesn't, that does not do this with like their girlfriends from a very certain time period. Yes. I love that. I'm going to wake you up and make you drink margaritas from your sleep. Midnight Margaritas. Let's clean house. Also, that iconic gif of uh, Stockard and Diane using their powers to start the margarita machine. And then the, and then the sisters hearing it, supposedly, they actually did drink tequila on that. that um, yeah, that Nicole, that Nicole method actress Marlon Brando Kidman brought an actual bottle of cheap tequila. 
because Nicole came into crazy in my mind. This is that's the only time she ever drank. She was like, I just did this once with practical magic. <laughs> I drank tequila once. Yes, it's happened. Yes, yes. Definitely not true. Yes, it is. Um. Oh my gosh! It puts a lime in the coconut. I, that's that's a hymn I'm for. Harry Nielsen. Harry Nielsen. What a great song. What an amazing soundtrack. Jesus Christ. Stevie Nicks, two beautiful... I mean, to end this movie with Crystal. Yeah. And you know who uh, produced and helped to write the other song? Who? Cheryl Crow. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Cheryl Crow did. We're And we're covering Stevie Nicks next week. We're going to cover the full Stevie Nicks of it all. But this soundtrack is everything. And if you stay for the Patreon, I'm going to tell you why it's the best thing to run to for the fall. Yeah, but I will tell you this is this is the soundtrack of the fall. This the the um the song if you ever did believe is to me like uh just a fucking mm. shot of pumpkin spice latte in my veins. Girl, did I tell you that I actually had my I had my very first pumpkin flavored something um this yeah. this year or I, yeah. I tasted it. I tasted yeah. my very first pumpkin flavored something ever you this year. In, yeah. Yeah. How, how'd that go? It tastes like a candle. I mean, I only had a sip, <laughs> but it really does taste like a candle, like the way that the pumpkin candles smell. So Man, maybe I'm not, not my bag. Read, Keep I'm not going to read anybody is. for getting into their pumpkin bliss. Just go for it. I I'm went for it. my apple cider moment. Yeah, that's those are the spells we cast are like our cider. So, yeah, I like a, a little bit more natural taste but, but i love a song that plays that kind of fine tightrope of yearning for someone but kind of knowing that the romance is done like that bonnie mm-hmm. reed song you yeah. know like i can't make you love me if you yeah. don't but then but then the whole idea of spending one more night with you like yeah. we just have this one night oh that breaks my heart i think the whole thing just breaks my heart of like i like and that's why the Aiden Quinn thing is it's like, oh, if, like the whole most stereotypical thing of romance, right? I love you so much. We're meant to be together, but we can't. Well, one more night I'd like to lie and hold you, yes, and feel. To make you smile, I'd like to be there for you. Have you forgotten me? like but it's supposed to be like i it's called unrequited baby mm, i don't know Unre- anything about love but i know that, that makes me sad you know everything about love you know about sisterly love for sure and i have a cat um and just like curses are only true if you believe them they can also be broken if you put enough rose petals in your fucking journal because that spell she had with aiden quinn turns into true love and they decide to be together and oh those dresses at the end sandy b's rose dress Mm. oh so beautiful Mm. and nicole's blue and white striped like almost gingham-y dress that she's wearing at the end of the movie everything every single solitary thing on earth there's a whole article of people being like we need to we need to bring back the fashion of practical magic because the 90s are really coming back all the youth are really wearing like the sp- yeah. they're wearing the spaghetti strings and they're kind of wearing the low waist jeans and like it's crazy that like what it was nostalgic for us is now like <laughs> is now yep. what people are hip and what people are are rewearing and so i just there's i think on pop sugar a whole um fashion breakdown of every moment i'm my thing now because we're we're elderly we're in our elderly witch phase i'm dressing like the aunties okay mm. that's like i'm gonna be 
um, decored in silks and... Oh, and just wraps, just constantly looking like you're on a passage to India. Yeah, I'm on a passage to India, which is too mm-hmm. many shawls and too much beads. Mm-hmm. Like, you cannot tell where the clothes start and the skin begins, okay? Like, mm-hmm. it's going to take you a hundred years to undress me with your eyes. And once they lift that curse, what do they do? Jump off they the jump roof. They jump off the roof. They just jump off that roof and float down with their little <laughs> girls who are also witches. I mean, I wanted them to fly a bit more. Like, I wish on the credits they had, like, a thing of them just, like, flying zigzag past the moon, but that doesn't really happen. Movies are allowed to be Christmas classics, and I feel like Halloween in the past five years is really getting its due. Like, I feel like people are really like, okay, fine, we've really exhausted the Christmas season. Halloween classics are way better. And do you, and 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 this is a Halloween classic, even though it's not really set in Halloween. The last, the last, the last, last scene, the last is, scene Halloween. is on Halloween. Yeah, mm. this is absolutely a Halloween classic. This is full. This should be get its own twenty four hours on Freeform. I don't know if Disney has the rights to it, but it should try to get them. Would you I mean, say this, this is the Wonderful Life of Halloween movies, or it's maybe. a Wonderful Life? What the fuck is it called? I think that Hocus Pocus is the It's a Wonderful Life of Halloween movies. So what's so this, this has more good feelings. I don't like, know. Maybe this, this like is Hocus the Pocus is the classic and this is the miracle on, on 34th Street. 34th Street. Yeah. yeah I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Maybe this is the It's a Wonderful Life because it's more mature and it's about love and marriage and family. Uh, send us in your Halloween classics. What are the other Halloween classics that you think are in the pantheon? We've covered Hocus Pocus. We've covered Practical Magic. And we're going to cover The Witches. So those are three obvious ones. What are your other ones in the top? And I and also, like, do you, do you agree? Doesn't this live outside of uh, space and time? Obviously, this is a fall movie, and I love that you get to revisit this. But I think that this lives in a in a classic category. I think this is a classic uh, film from the '90s. You know mm-hmm. that 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 no one would put on the on on any of their lists. Like this doesn't make anyone's list, but this is a fucking well made movie. <laughs> that... It is well made, well acted, beautifully soundtracked, emotional, gorgeous film. Gorgeous. It's the, the fall of it all is living in well in this house. Oh, T, this house. I have to tell you. So. Oh my gosh. This house is everything. House. Beautiful. Did you, I just feel like gardens just started cropping up in places. They just started like appearing. Like there was a different garden. It was like a magic element of this house. And then at the end, you're like, oh, they have a full blown to, to live on community vegetable garden that we had not mm-hmm. seen previous mm-hmm. until the very end. Oh, and that scene where Nicole comes out and she's in the blue, she's in the blue linen, like mm-hmm. uh, dress and she's all fresh and, and demon. That's free. what I'm talking about at the end. Yes. And they have um, a greenhouse. Diane Weiss is always like, meet me in the greenhouse and we're going to pick some eye of newt. They've got that patio veranda trellis thing out by their ocean view. Where all the roses grow. So you know that the house was, is all fake, right? Yeah. It's, it was just a shell. It was a shell built on an island in Washington. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of the indoor scenes were shot in California on a studio lot. And do you know who did not know that? But after seeing the movie, wanted to buy, asked to buy it. Who? Barbara Streisand. <laughs> <laughs> Barbara Streisand was so bewitched by the setting. I love this house. I just want to 
just going to buy it for myself. No, I'm not, not going to change a thing. I'm not going to change a thing. How many gardens are there? How many side yards and gardens are there? I want this house. That is iconic Barbara behavior. I'm obsessed with that. <laughs> she was just going to purchase it. She was like, I like this. I like this house. And then I, and then I imagined her doing a one-woman show, a one-woman um, musical show as Aunt Jet, and I couldn't stop thinking about it. Oh, Barbara Streisand can totally be in the sequel. She can be Angela Lansbury's sister, and they can come to save their nieces, Stocker Channing and Diane Weist. That's the four-person sequel. Boom. Purple HBO Max. You have, you have an I you have the idea machine right here with you on this podcast. Barbara is gonna murder me when I suggest that she play Angela Lansbury's sister. <laughs> I actually think that that's amazing. <laughs> I mean, I you're not going to get more iconic than than um, what Stalker Channing and uh, and Miss Diane bring to bring to these roles. No, again, they again two great sisters and another two great sister pair. Maybe not the sister pairs that I would think of putting together, but it absolutely works and it kind of forms the bond and the heartbeat of this movie. Mm-hmm. That. Um, is just it's just a super super thrilling at that very end where diane weist is crying because she's not sure that jilly's gonna make it and that the sister bond is gonna be strong enough to break the curse mm-hmm. and they're and stalker's just holding her mm-hmm. they're sitting in that corner they're sitting in that corner and just draped on passage to india's tile robes oh, with some mm. with some iconic brooms laying around okay this is all i have to say to you Black as night, erase death from our sight. White as light, mighty hectate, make it right. Black as Black night, is night, erase death, erase from, death our from our sight. sight. White, White as light, mighty hectate, make it right. right. Black as night, erase death from our sight. White as light, mighty hectate, make it right. Black as night. Raise death from our sight. White as light, mighty hectic, make it white as black as night. dead Mm. so just let that take into your week so take some curses into your week maybe you know curse some people make some blessings for some people cast some spells for your perfect man or maybe for your perfect woman or maybe for your perfect new best friend who you're meeting because right now it's not about romance it's about friendship it's about chosen family it's about about stirring coffee with your mind Yes, it's about not having to waste all that energy yeah. stirring your... I mean, if I think of how tired I am when I get done stirring that coffee. <laughs> the th- two things I know about you, girl, are you don't like lighting endless candles with your fingers. No. And you don't like stirring coffee with your fingers. Oh, I like pour the stuff in the coffee and then I'm like, now I have to stir <laughs> it? Stir this. <laughs> who's going to light my freaking candles and who's going to stir my freaking coffee? so if we all can just use a little bit more of our magic for that we will have more energy for important things like podcasting or laying on a couch and watching movies call the corners call your sisters call your coven um call your coven together stand six feet apart and chant with your masks on babes have a great great week we love you we love you
write a review for us, cast a spell in our honor. Keep the blood moon at bay. Be safe. Be safe. Look out for blood moons. Carry your tiger's eye wherever you go. Witch, witch, you're a witch. Witch, 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 you're a witch. No, don't use the finger. Okay, bye, bad witches. Bye. Crystalline